For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Democrats didn't quite flip the sixth, but it was close. Could an Ossoff win start a domino effect in 2018? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6 when there's nothing else going on. <laughs> Tonight I'm on till 7, just starting at 5. So you really haven't missed anything. But I did just right before the break throw out a question um, about the 6th District congressional race that's getting national attention, not just this week, because people are talking about its implications for the 2018 congressional uh, elections that could flip the entire House back to Democrat, but that uh, they're the um, the fact that it was national news before that, that these guys that outside donors account for almost close to 100 percent of Asaf's donations. And I I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'm an extreme libertarian. I have absolutely no faith in government anymore. And I feel like they're so I basically if there's a law, I don't like it. But that's not strictly true. Like my feeling is that I'm basically on the thousand year plan, that coercive monopoly government with the right to tax and to kill totally unaccountable is not working, cannot work. And that over time, we will recognize that society is self-ordering, that we are self-governing, and and that will grow into that. But in the meanwhile, I would like to kick the can down the road and have an orderly system. And I'm I accept that the American experiment of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was the best one I've ever come across and one I would consent to. So. I will answer the question because I got some tweets from other anarcho-capitalists saying you don't want laws against campaign financing because that's just more laws. But I think you have to accept the reality that there there are mechanisms of democracy that have practical implications. So so I'm starting to think about the question. What is it okay that this guy is getting basically 100% of his funding from outside of Georgia, not just outside of his district, but outside of Georgia. And and another uh, tweet said to me that what w- would you object to Ron Paul getting outside funding? Would he have been a 12-term congressman without outside funding? And I really don't know. I mean, I remember growing up, my father, we were I'm the youngest of 9. We were absolutely broke but my father would send $25 to congressman Ron Paul every time he was running for election because he felt that that was our only hope for defense of the bill of rights in congress and he wanted to support him so i can see both sides of the question but there's something that just rankles me about the idea that people from the big cities 
on the coasts will can circumvent the spirit of representation of local representation by doing this kind of thing. So I, I want to talk about it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Alan in Marietta. Hey, Alan, you're on with Monica. Hi there. Hi, Alan. Uh, How I'm, are you? I'm actually going to be peaceful today. Please I, do. Either I way, really I can do, take it. I really don't like it because it's other people like trying to finance our elections. This should be a Georgia election for the people in Cobb County. I live in Cobb County. I live in Marietta. And this should be our election. We should not have people in California paying to put somebody else in there that's not our guy. But then I have another question for you. Okay. And that is, why didn't you run? Ha <laughs> ha! I'm an anarchist, given, Alan! <laughs> I, I would have, honestly, I would have changed the libertarian just to get you in there and sent you 25 bucks. Oh, that's so funny because, Alan, the funny thing is, like, most of the time you don't even agree with me. You're a regular caller. I don't know you personally, but half the time you call and say, you're wrong. <laughs> but, but honestly, you are so much better than anybody else they have up there. Oh, uh, that's I mean, so much better. That's it's just, super and sweet. honestly, you should, should have. Boy, honestly, oh that my way goodness. You would have had your voice. In Congress. You're throwing down the gauntlet. It's it's hard, and I don't know if I could fight against that kind of, uh, those guys I think you play have dirty. Support. I'll, I'll even paint your name on the side of my pickup truck. Ooh. I, you should just do that anyway. So let me just ask you a question, though. I remember, for me, one time, a guy running for governor in Maine asked me to, you know, just sent me a thing, and I think Rand Paul did it too. And uh, Ron Paul, I, well, that that was for president. But in local elections, I've sent money before to people in other states. Do you, are you 100% fine with, like, that practice should just stop? I vote for the, for the individual. I don't vote for who funds him. I don't vote for, for his, I, I vote for the individual. I look at what he says. Uh, I try and dig into what he's done in the past. And that's the person I vote for. Osloff and all the rest of them. Dude, <laughs> talk about... better with a dog. We talk about what that guy did in his past. Thank you so much for calling, Alan, and for the great uh, kudos. But I've Binkley, my producer here, and I have both been doing some research on this guy. Of course, you know, you look into it. I am not actually in that district, so I don't vote. I wasn't voting in this. But when I looked at him not only is this guy getting his outside money um and he also just alan was saying dig into he likes to dig into the background of the the people the red flags of like deep state operative and i do not define the deep state as obama holdovers that's just this crazy new thing that people are saying it's not that the deep state is the kind of shadow government that wants to promote, I think their number one thing is that they want to redraw the map in important foreign countries and oil countries and stuff like that. But the deep state, the shadow government is basically why the, our foreign policy never changes from guy to guy. You think that they get in there and they read the private briefings and then they realize they have to bomb everybody. I don't think that's how it works. I think they get shown the Zapruder film of how JFK was assassinated and they get in line. I think there's a chance of that. Or like in the case of Reagan, I think he probably was like, I'm not scared of that. And they're like, okay. So because there was an assassination attempt on his life right after he was inaugurated, if I, if I have the dates right. So I think that 
there is this very strong, powerful force that's kind of manipulates the elections for their own purposes. And this guy, the London School of Economics, is one of his alma mater. And he that's like where George Soros went and said that he wanted to uh, get rich so that he could serve his professors, his, his like extremely socialist professors there. I mean, that kind of stuff are flags to me. And that's that I would veer away from. And I'm not... Uh, saying there's more than that stuff as smoking guns for this guy but uh that kind of thing coupled with the outside influence makes me think that he's either you know even if he doesn't win this he's definitely being groomed as being on the world stage he actually reminds me of jared kushner a little bit like i think maybe that's this he's going to be the anti-jared kushner or the oh actually jared kushner is a democrat so i guess they're both (laughs) there's not even anti they're maybe the same so um Binkley, without being, uh, you know, unfair to the guy, do you have anything that makes you think, you, you know, that uh, you agree or disagree with my kind of assessment there on this guy's background? I think that he is the white millennial Obama is what they're trying to make him into. Oh, OK. Is he is he the same kind of empty? He's well, completely empty in what I've noticed. Well, I, I should say more like cookie cutter. Yeah. Like uh, I think they call them platitudes. Like they throw this stuff out, these like sound bites that that are the are the kind of trigger feel good things for the millennial listener as opposed to the trigger bad things that are that are the resistance where they take the millennials and they trigger them against Trump. These are triggers like pro. It's a combination of both. One of his campaign slogans is to make Trump angry, I believe. It's it's something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw something like that. I don't I don't know if that's exact. But yes. Make Trump furious. That's what it is. Make Trump furious. That's the actual slogan. But he, he's just a total cookie cutter. Let's meet the demographic. Let's try to get millennials to come out and let's use all those hopeful words like Obama used. Yes, that's the thing that uh, is stands out for me when I, I was trying to identify this created person kind of feeling that, that Obama gives me too. And Obama's deep state background is deep. I mean, his mother worked for the Ford Foundation his grandfather had some kind of uh, totally destroyed military history. Like, you can't even get a handle on it. It's just a lot of deep stuff on that. But when you look at a kind of created person that you can check all the boxes they have, they're very blank slate. So Obama was a very blank slate guy. This guy's a blank slate. Trump was a blank slate. Now, this is where, where we've come to, is that they? It, it's. I just can't help but feel like there's a lot of psychographic stuff going on yeah. they, they they evaluate what it is that you have to say to energize the resistance or the millennials pro or against uh so anyway i know that's throwing out a lot of kind of speculative stuff but i just look at these these kind of national operations and local races as obviously you know have to have bigger meaning and for me i think the bigger meaning is uh that they're going to use, whether this is an inside job or not, but they're clearly uh, energizing the base. They're trying to recreate the Tea Party to react to Trump the way they reacted, the, uh, the, this resistance to react to Trump the way the Tea Party reacted to Obama. And I, I actually, if you really wanted to go down the rabbit hole, you might wonder if they 
wanted Trump to win for that reason. So they could start taking back Congress, take back the Senate, take back the presidency without being the one to actually invade Syria, invade Libya, let Trump do all that, let Trump reset the interest rates. So I'm going to take you down that rabbit hole we're gonna get we're gonna dig deep Uh-oh. into that stuff i know this show i think i just threw a lot of stuff out there I, i'm gonna get into it we're gonna really go crazy so <laughs> we'll start that after the break 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb it is 79 degrees outside the studio and eight on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I uh, We're talking about the 6th District race for Georgia, uh, for the congressman from the 6th District of Georgia, which is going to a uh, runoff in June between John Ossoff and Karen Handel. And I'm sure you've heard about all this, but I want to know if you think it's okay for someone to be like Ossoff was virtually almost 100% funded by outside money. So it's a good question. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Ricky in Doraville. Hi, Ricky. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, I just wanted to say, all right, I'm I'm pretty conservative and, and Republican, and I've got no problem with Ossoff being funded by whoever that he's funded by, as long as it's disclosed. He, he, he can get his money from wherever he gets, because money is a form of political speech. If you want to throw your money behind a, a, a particular candidate, or a cause, that is a form of political speech, and that is perfectly, you know, that First Amendment protected type of uh, type of uh, activity. And you know, just let, let the chips fall where they may, because you know, one day, uh, you know, a Republican's going to be in the same sort of position, and I'd sure you know want them to have every advantage. As- yeah, I think I think the Citizens United. Supreme Court decision, which said that corporations could donate, I think, like unlimited to PACs. Absolutely. Probably brush up on that. But the so that was something that the Democrats say they don't like, although Trump didn't benefit from that at all. And he won. So I'm not sure it's like strictly partisan. But but there are yeah, they do have rules. They do have campaign finance rules. And I feel like when it comes to what happens in your state and how you elect your representatives, that maybe it's worth thinking about that. You know, I, well, I just well, well, but 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 think about it from this from this aspect. If there was a political cause that you thought was important to you, and that it, you know, it might not, you know, maybe it's championed by somebody from Oregon or you know somebody from California. Would you not want to? throw money behind that political cause and it, it happens to go through that you know a, a, a particular candidate in you know you know that California. that is a good point because there are a couple of guys in Kentucky Rand Paul and Thomas Massey who are I'm a libertarian they're much more libertarian leaning than uh, almost all the other Republicans and for me like when I think about them I think that they are representing me you know so I can see how uh, they're, they're my only hope at this point of having my my rights protected at the congressional level. So I think it's 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 worth puzzling through. I mean, policy is not always so easy. 
Uh, Dave wants to know, what is George Soros' endgame? So I want to talk about that. Hang on, Dave. I'll get you first thing right after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, unless I get moved around by sports. So tonight I'm on till 7. So that's good. If you're just tuning in, you've got another hour and a half. We have been talking about the broader implications of the 6th District race for Congress in Georgia. John Ossoff versus now Karen Handel in the runoff in June. And Ossoff is supported by a lot of outside forces. As one of Trump's tweets said, that it's uh, basically Hollywood versus Georgia, something like that. And But for me, there's more to it than that. That has to have broader implications, or it doesn't have to, but I think it probably does. And I uh, looked a little bit more into, a caller previously, Alan said that he likes to look into the background of, his, of the candidate. He doesn't care anything, even where their money is coming from. He just wants to know about them. So one of the things that I, that I flagged or that uh, kind of alerted me about Ossoff's background is that he went to the London School of Economics. And the London School of Economics is kind of ground zero. Anytime you hear like a Rhodes Scholar or Oxford or London School of Economics, to me, those are kind of the precursors for for those of you who understand that that they flag for me the way Council of Foreign Relations and UN flag as like globalism, uh, globalist incubators. And I mentioned that, that George Soros went there and that was where he... Uh, supposedly decided to get rich so he could serve the interests of his favorite professor. And then I, I wonder if there's even a deeper layer to that where they he they kind of let him get rich. I feel that way sometimes about Bill Gates or Peter Thiel. They actually promote these guys to get rich so they can be political operatives. But I think there's a, a lot more to it than that. I'm going to go to Dave in Atlanta. Dave, you're on with Monica. Hey, Dave, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. What you got? Uh, in regards to Soros, what is his end game? Do you think? I mean, I look at him as a great Satan. <laughs> from, well, he reminisces about the Holocaust, the end of the Holocaust, oh, being as happy as years. That was super weird. Yeah, he definitely comes out with some weird stuff. Um, his everywhere you go, he tries to looks like he's trying to turn over governments. Yes, uh, he he's supposedly behind these color revolutions, and one of them in Ukraine. There was this expose that got no airtime about this guy, Pierre Omidyar, who bankrolls Glenn Greenwald, uh, who is the mouthpiece for Edward Snowden. And that guy, uh, Omidyar, was hand in hand with Soros in the most recent Ukrainian revolution. So this stuff goes beyond our borders. It's an international power elite that really is shaping the world. But I I looked up. I have this book. I'll never get to it. Well, I doubt I will. It's a two-volume book by Karl Popper called Open Society and Its Enemies. And supposedly, this is Soros's Bible. And he has his organization called Open Society. Let me just read you this one sentence that defines the Open Society philosophy. It says, Karl Popper saw the Open Society as standing on a historical continuum (laughs) reaching from, I'll explain it in a second if the words get too big, historical continuum reaching from the organic, tribal, or closed society through the Open Society marked by a critical attitude to tradition, 
up to the abstract or depersonalized society lacking all face-to-face interaction transactions. So the way I read it is he absolutely does not like what they're calling tribalism, but what we see as culture and community and traditions that keep us strong and help uh, ha- let us help each other so that we don't become dependent on this totalitarian state. Now, they say they object to totalitarianism, but really by creating what they're calling an open society, I think they're trying to create uh, this global they, they have institutions that are dedicated to discussing, thinking about global governance. You know, that's just world government. And it's not freedom. It's it's a it's an authoritarianism that is completely out of your reach, totally unaccountable to you, uh, not transparent. So I feel like that's what that he's all about. And a lot of the people who serve that ideal don't understand the sinister end game. But the, the end game must be sinister because you can't. Uh, you can't defend yourself. You're, you're never. You're not going to be able to defend yourself against uh, when they encroach on your rights. They'll take your guns away. They'll take everything. You know, take your access to government away. That's is that is that uh, too much information, <laughs> Dave? It's a good start. So that's what I, I I think that it's interesting to look at how these institutions where these guys come out of are uh, indoctrinate them into. Wanting the thinking of these ideas as ideal, and you can hear it in, in their sound bites and the policies that they support. And I, I think that very few of them realize that this is all to put all the money and power in the hands of a few people at the top, whoever they may be, and uh, and that they even allow people at the lower echelons to be sacrificed. I mean, to the extent Hillary didn't know what was happening to her. I'm sure they just sacrificed her because I think so. So that's what I'm trying to think. That was a big leap right there. But I'm saying there's a uh, a possibility that like uh, this resistance movement that's going to maybe overturn the Republican leadership in Congress, the Republican majority. You could go so far down the rabbit hole to say that Trump as a as a very polarizing person was allowed to get in so that the resistance would be energized and they could truly just just sweep across the country. And maybe this is domino one of that. I mean, and, and I know that's uh, tr- truly deep. I mean, is that does that seem absolutely crazy to you, Dave? A little conspiracy there going on, but, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think there are conspiracies. I think there are people who have money and power. They talk to each other about their goals, and that stuff is not vetted every night on Fox News. And I so so then the question, I think we could all agree on that. The question is, what are they up to and who is it? So uh, but I do I have a um, special guest on the line. Garland Favrito from VoterGA.org does so, so much work. Garland, can you hear me? Did I lose you? Hey, Garland. No, hey, Monica. I'm here, Hi. and thanks for having me on. That's uh, I'm learning a lot already. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, yes, I know, Garland. I love that you're uh, when you have side posts on your Facebook that uh, that sometimes go down the rabbit hole as far as I am, which is quite unusual. But you always have stuff to back it up, and I love your work because you always, like I try to do, look. I do it on kind of the bigger picture, Bill of Rights, Constitution, but you look at the actual like voting laws. Do our things? Is there corruption? I mean, you've done such great work. And today I read a post that you wrote about 
some uh, what you were talking about, how we don't have verifiable elections in Georgia and we need to implement that immediately. Do you can you just give me in a nutshell what you meant by that? And then maybe. Yes, absolutely. uh, Monica, as you know, uh, the, the voters cannot if you cast a vote. For candidate A, it can, the machines can record it for candidate B and no one in the state would ever know. So ever since before these machines were brought in, we were, uh, had opposed them and we're not, not, not opposed to electronic voting, but just to unverifiable voting. So, um, this has now kind of reached ahead in this, uh, CD6 or what we call the GA6 race last week, um, with, um, if you know, if you remember, um, Ossoff was ho- was holding around 53 to 57 percent. Fulton County had a problem, and then right at the end, he had dropped uh, uh, below 50. Um, and now there will be a runoff on June 20th. See what's so I think he ended up about 48 percent. What's interesting, Garland, and when I read that post, I thought that's what you were saying. And what amazed me when this idea first occurred to me, because despite my libertarian cast of mind, I always kind of felt like the Democrats are the ones who steal the elections, you know, but it works both ways. I mean, that, is that not what you're saying here? Because that well, is... Yeah, that's exactly that. right, Monica. Uh, if you, Kathy Cox, who was a Democrat, put these machines into Georgia over... She was the Secretary of State action. before Karen Handel, is that right? Huh? That's right. She was Secretary of State before Karen Handel. And then Karen came along and said in 2006, she said that the machines were obsolete in her report. She explained perfectly what needed to be done, but then did not do anything. Um, and in, that, in fact, while she was taking, we found out, $25,000 from the voting machine vendor lobbyist. Now Secretary uh, Kemp has come along, and he is blaming Fulton County for what happened last week. And what we have discovered is that it was actually a what we consider to be a software defect that caused the problem last week, and it was not really a uh, – it was a human error on the part of Fulton County. However, the computer program should have caught that. And I'm a, a, a career IT professional, and one of the first things you do is make sure that you're writing ed- the correct edit checks to make sure that um, – the uh, there's human errors can be eliminated. And you're saying there's no way to go back and audit that election, that Well, that's right. right. There's no way to really audit it. We're going to do some forensic uh, testing. We're going to request some information from the uh, open records request uh, from Fulton County. Um, It it, it does appear to be an honest mistake, and I, I, I I don't Thank oh, you. that's good. I mean, I don't like yeah. the mistakes, and I like that it's honest. Well, I, I don't. Before the break, I want you to tell us, Garland. So, Brian Kemp is the Secretary of State. I liked him because I was happy when he outed that the Department of Homeland Security was literally like that was truly hacking into the election database during the 2016. I remember that. I thought that was good. Then he announced that he was running for governor in 2018. So he might want to make people, you know, to answer to people for this, maybe actually make these reforms uh, in real time. Is there anything people can do to kind of encourage him, let him know that we are aware of this? We want to well, have yes, verifiable absolutely. elections. Um, and if they followed your, your, your tweet that you put up and, and on, uh, regarding mine, uh, basically the thing to do is to call him and insist that we move to 
uh, verifiable elections. Uh, he has resisted this his entire term. I, I spoke with him even before Why? He, he took office. It, it's like you said, Monica, it's either, uh, it's not, it's a Democrat and a Republican collusion. Uh, basically, neither party wants to do anything about these. I think they'd like to be in control of unverifiable elections. And uh, there's just been complete resistance from the establishment. But yet we have folks, uh, Democrats, Republicans, and Libertarians, who all believe in, in uh, more open and transparent elections. And they're all behind us. It's a, it's a nonpartisan effort. Yes, that's and, what I like about it. Because normally, and I, I, I know that my politics are probably uh, not totally... Uh, far into yours, but that you would call out an error that does not benefit, um, you know, anybody. I'm, I doubt you're supporting this guy, Ossoff, but it's good to to keep it uh, keep it fair. Well, you're you're right, and I I, I didn't support him, and uh, and and I do agree that with the previous call about the money is really really not the issue. It's the, the issue is what the candidates stand for. Okay. but you're right. I didn't. However, uh, I do. What I believe in is honest elections. And, uh, and honest accounting, uh, and if, if, if this turns out to be an honest mistake, which I believe it is, right. then the Secretary of State should take responsible, uh, responsibility for it because he was the one that scheduled the elections, uh, which, which should not have required redundant databases and redundant procedures to be set up. And, uh, he was the one who is trying to shift the blame uh, over to Fulton County when it was really his responsibility to get these machines updated. They are now five years beyond okay. their useful life. They're 15 years old. They were only supposed to go to 10. And and even Handel said they were uh, obsolete uh, over 10 years ago. All right. Well, what I think people should do, and I love your Facebook page, and you can get to that if you go to the website, voterga.org. Just click on the Facebook. That's where people can read this post and understand what you're saying, and then contact Secretary of State if this is what people want. I've always been in favor. I really want the elections to be fair, and I get that out of the way. <laughs> I'm, I hate worrying about it being hijacked. Thanks so much for calling, Garland. I really appreciate it. And just feel free to alert us to things that we should be doing or be aware of. Thank you, Miles. There's much more to come in the coming weeks, and really appreciate everything you're doing as well. Oh, yeah, great. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to take a quick break then. Uh, Mark and Sandy Springs, we are going to talk about uh, who, if you just should vote for any Republican, anybody but a Democrat. Is that an okay way to think? Let's talk about that after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. It is uh, 79 degrees outside the studio. Uh, High today, 83. We are talking about the Ossoff runoff. And if there are larger implications, and I I wonder sometimes if the Republicans lose on purpose. (laughs) So I wonder if Fox is circling the drain on purpose. Let's talk about it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Mark, hang on. I didn't want to cut you short. Uh, I'm going to take your call after the break. Mark wants to know, uh, what is the agenda of the NRA? We're going to have a robust discussion with Mark. Stay tuned. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.